0: Hey, good morning, folks. This is Scott with Leading Edge Archery. We've got a special guest with us that I'm going to go throw right in the mix. I think we only got him for like an hour, and he can probably talk for six. So uh, we got to keep him rolling here. we got Blake Kidder. He is our Western Regional Rep for Elite Archery, the, T- the outdoor group. That includes Scott, CBE, Slick Trick, I'm going to forget them because you guys you, you guys own like half of the freaking country. <laughs> <laughs> it's your target. Yeah, uh,
1: Elite, Scott, CB, Slick Trick, Winner's Choice, so Clutch
0: yeah. Outdoors. Clutch Outdoors. That's the new stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about that today because yep. I don't know if a lot of people understand what you guys are doing with that brand. Um, no, we're going to get right into it. Actually, I wanted to ha- just pick up on that conversation we were having, so we're just going to jump right into it and, and hit it. Um, we were just discussing, Blake and I got a chance to film some commercial spots and some video work for... The outdoor Group, really around building total archery challenge bows. So it would be a good time to talk about that because TAC opens up what this weekend, Blake?
1: Um, is it this weekend or no, it's the end of the month. It's end of the month in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah.
0: And forever, San Antonio, we have been the, the inaugural event, but Oklahoma is now pushed up ahead of us. So that's going to be kind of cool. New event for them. Yeah, um, it's a great
1: location up there uh out there in broken bow um right there on the arkansas border of oklahoma it's really gonna have an opportunity for those archers in northern texas and arkansas louisiana and oklahoma to get a little taste of tack so
0: is it gonna be uh up and downhill stuff
1: yeah they've got some rolling hills and mountains out there and actually uh they opened up another course i believe that's kind of going to be like on an island really yeah it's oh that's cool that's gonna be because it's right there on the lake Sweet. So it's going to be pretty cool. I think uh, you know Sean's going to do a great job up there, and they're going to have a great turnout. I think they had to um, reopen registration at one point because yeah. they already started getting uh, more archers than they first expected. Oh yeah, um, no, that's a no brainer. Yeah, dude. It's it's going to be a great location, another great event. I mean, TAC is just exploding east coast to west coast, yeah. and it's uh, something I think every archer needs to experience.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And so we were building some bows for this uh, video that we were doing and through that we were i went psychotic and built a vision oh with God. <laughs> with a 500 spine arrow it's like 71 pounds but i'll tell you what at my draw length 26 inches 25 and three quarters you like to call it <laughs> i gotta give myself that extra quarter inch bro <laughs> um no i was shooting like 290 plus and it was amazing so we got in this conversation which i wanted just to just jump right into about Aero spine, FOC, what's going to shoot the best for these guys? And understanding that a total archery challenge arrow is different than your hunting arrow.
1: 100%. I mean, I mean dude, we might as well tell everyone just to take the, take the gloves off. We're about to talk politics and archery right here. Uh, no kidding. Man. Well, know. because
0: the, the FOC freaks are going to like think we're psychotic.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if you're following those the trends of high FOC and heavy, heavy arrows and you know, grizzly stick and ranch fairy. I mean, what we're going to say next, you're going to just yeah, it'll turn you your off. head. Yeah, and, it'll turn and you know what? But it. here's how I look at it. Just do you. Yeah. You know, I have nothing against that. Um, I've played in that world. I'm okay with it. I think there's a time and place for every setup. And I think that's, uh, you know, I'm trying not to get too far off topic here, but when it comes to archery, here here's my biggest argument with archers. Quit trying to bash everybody and separate yourself because one guy shoots one setup and one guy shoots another setup and he has this belief and you have that belief. We are all archers. We are all trying to have, you know, success in the field and have success with our equipment. And some of us like to tinker with stuff and see what works for us. So, you know, if you have something that's worked for you, then, then run with it. Yeah. if your buddy's trying something different, don't knock them. Right. Maybe y'all should try what's worked for each other and truly see what's working best for your setup.
0: Well, it's funny you say that because when I built that arrow, I, I built a 500-spine outlaw. I mean, I cut that sucker as short as I could get it right to the rest. Mm-hmm. And my first reaction was, okay, I know we're going to be able to tune it. Absolutely. One of the things the elite envisioned for, uh, for anybody out there who hasn't shot it, it is the, I believe, the most tunable bow on the market today. I, mean, I i used to think the BoTech had that one because of their their move their move system but elite i think we went through it on the video too we it's did. got four tuning points yeah well, and that's not even getting in shimming no, no i do take that in account the
1: set system alone um gives you the ability to tune an arrow i mean we've played with it from a 500 spine all the way to a 200 spined on arrow. a
0: 70 70- pounder 330 inch yeah long no guideline.
1: i we, when we first did it though it was yeah. 70 pound and 28 inches because we right. went with the average archer's drawings and we right. went 500 to 200 um and it's it's crazy i mean yeah. you can walk a left tear or a right tear straight to a bullet hole no, yeah. no problem the question we've always had was okay we can get it to tune but how's it going to shoot well
0: it's funny you say it, and that's what i wanted to talk about because you know on paper in my own head mm-hmm. through all the years of doing archery I thought 500 spine at my drawing length at 70 some pounds it'll tune it ain't gonna fly worth of crap mm-hmm. it's gonna look like shit going down lane and i was really expecting to get a lot of anomalies so I, i'd already in my mind said if i can get a basketball size group at 60 yards i'll be okay because at total archery challenge the whole thing is hit the foam mm-hmm. because these targets are long they are way out there they are in crazy impossible shots shooting through trees shooting across hills i mean they're it's not your typical average archery range so when it grouped as good as it did, I was in shock. Dude,
1: it blew me away. It I mean, blew me away. I think the turning point and, and, and Bridger, I'd like you to kind of touch on what also you saw and what you've experienced uh, with what we ended up doing to this envision. But well, let's be honest, we we got a shootable hole all. As we started to sight in at distances, we noticed it was impacting further left the further we went back. And yeah. Scott was like, man, I'm moving my sight. Can't get any more travel out of it and i looked over at scott and i was like move your set
2: yeah this
0: was and crazy bro
1: yeah for the for those of y'all don't know that are not aware of what set is set technology simplified exact tuning is a tuning tool that is built into every elite bow on the market on our flagship line um it allows you the archer to without ever touching a bow press and let me be honest with you guys if you can read left tear, right tear, <laughs> and pull up a tuning chart online, <laughs> we can help you become a better archer. Yeah. Uh, Scott was experiencing this, and he was getting a little bit of a, a left, left impact, impact yeah. which uh, we'll, we'll use the word walk back tune or French tune. The further you go back is that arrow starts to favor one side of the dot or the other. It generally tells you your, your tune, your center shot off is off, or maybe even uh, something from a, a cameling perspective. And so- We looked at scott and said man just put a little put a little uh turn into that uh into the set and bridger went ahead and said yeah just do it in the top and uh what was your reasoning for that just doing it in the top
3: well i mean you don't need to do both of them i mean obviously you guys recommend doing both both sets to keep everything even on both the top and the bottom but uh hell am i result 36 i've been shooting last year so i Dude, I go an eighth turn one way on the top and they turn the other way in the bottom, try and get it to, you know, to have different results and maybe not so much get in between, but do less of an adjustment to be able to achieve something that I'm Bingo. trying to get. Yeah. You know, so just less my effect new, on the bow. Yes. Yeah, just okay. minute adjustments to it. So, I mean, that set system's pitching the pocket back and forth. You mentioned cameling the exact same way that a, a split yoke would, right? You mm-hmm. know, on a standard right. solo or, uh, cam and a half system with a right. split yoke it's just pitching the pocket uh toward or pitching the limbs towards the front but where it's affecting it is going to be the cam lean correct towards the back and how much tensions on each limb uh you know pitching one limb up or the other limb up or down well, let me
0: tell you dude it was freaking amazing because i i was like i i when blake mentioned it and i think we did it right here in the shop even mm-hmm. when you mentioned well, yeah it you, i told you i'm like Richard's well, was like, there? hey just turn one of them yep one of them just the top yeah if you're and hit- I'm like and i'm like and he's like a quarter turn, not even a quarter turn. He said, "Yep." And I'm like, "Okay, there's no freaking way this is gonna work." So I loosened that some bitch up, moved it an eighth of a turn. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even that nope. much, yep. and perfect. I was absolutely blown away, dude. And then your groups changed, dude. It tightened. I mean, what it did, yes, it brought everything in, got it so tight. You did the same thing out I, there at the ranch. I, I did at the ranch. Blake and- was out at sixty, impacting, <clears throat> impacting left, left. Well. Okay, in typical kidder uh-oh, fashion, uh-oh, here bonehead
3: forgets to tighten up his
0: second axis. Oh, well,
3: yeah. yeah so he, just pulls say, axis. he pulls his bow out and, and the site's just doing this. So shit. doing the, do it, I was going to mention with Blake. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, thank, thank, <laughs> I appreciate
1: that, appreciate that. Going
3: to mention with Blake, if you are doing that walk back tune and stuff or uh, French tuning, whatever you yeah. want to call it. If your sight isn't level, like it's a moot point, Right, not yeah. able to do it. You oh, got so to make sure your site. So this is even classic. Is
0: so he gets his site and he and he hands it to me and I'm like, well, I can eyeball it. I'm pretty good at that. So I'll get it close. So he hands it to me. I get it right. right. So he shoots and he's hitting left. So right away we're thinking we're just going to move the site over. And he's like, what well, time? out. Let's just set it. And I, he set that sucker. What one time?
1: Yeah. One Quarter turn. turn. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, quite, I don't want to get amazing. Into, dude. I don't want to get into this, this hole. <laughs> but I shot a bear shaft through paper to start. Oh, and I know if I, here we go, right? Blake oh, bear shaft. I shoot that bear shaft through paper. I generally know if I get a perfect bullet hole right off the bow at seven to 10 feet, when I step back, I usually favor still a little bit more of a right tear oh. and I'll move that set a little bit more. And then my bear shaft's good zero to 30 yards. So after you fix that third axis and we got back there and I was still impacting a little left, I said, I guarantee you, I still have a little bit of a right tear because I didn't yeah, goes exactly. in my normal tuning process. Well, and we
0: seen it. We caught it on video. Yeah.
1: And that was awesome.
0: Um, because Ryan, the video guy, told Blake, he says, Hey, man, I'm you're getting some wobble. And I'm like, Man, I'm going to go watch this. I don't, I'm not believing it because he's driving tax. Mm-hmm. So I stand And we don't want an arrow flight on film. You're getting some mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. It looks like shit because the, the fanboys will be out in full force. Absolutely. We already had a guy post one. on one of the pictures yeah. of what I, I want to bring up, too. Do yep, you see that yep, clown? I, I was did. like, Oh, my God. So, anyways, we back i back up i said let me look so i would go back and watch and he's getting a, exactly the way you called it little tail right kick comes back left and straightens out and i swear we did that one top Darn. cam set system move and that mother effer was straight down the pipe dude you're a genius get her, richard yeah, it's,
3: it's not like i don't tune those bows all day yeah no shit. Course, and i've one done i've tinkered with that set system i have, that have done crazy anything and everything with that yeah, that cam system and that that set system on you know, the thirty six trying to find you, a sweet spot.
1: You bring up a good point um, when you talk about minimal movements. The the set system is so reactive. There's about four degrees worth of movement in that pocket, and I've asked Josh himself. I'm like, uh, you know, how much movement is there, and how much movement can we can we really get, and how can we maybe even reduce how reactive it is being? Because sometimes you just need a little bit, and, right, and that's what you just said and explained that is the way to get it done because if you're doing an eighth inch turn or try you're really not going to get an eighth inch turn the way i found to get an eighth inch turn is i actually go a quarter for it to engage and then reduce it back yeah and
3: then come back
1: you get your eighth. but you think if you do an eighth on top eighth and bottom that is a lot of movement i mean
3: i My best guess is for as far as how much it moves it, and obviously it's going to be different on every bow depending on how aggressive the cam is, how stiff the riser is, how wide the limb base is. But as a general rule of thumb, like one quarter turn normally with the hunting bows tuning the five, you know, five to seven feet, you know, we're doing a quarter turn at a time, but a quarter turn on each limb bolt is going to fix it. You know, we'll fix almost a half inch tear down here, maybe just shy of that. So, but Think about how much you got to twist a yoke. Yeah. Even a dual a dual yoke system, uh, how much you got to twist a yoke to fix a half inch tear. Right. And you got to think a quarter turn in each of those is doing, you know, just about that much. About that
0: same. Yeah. So
3: if you got, you know, if you got a quarter inch tear to the right, I take and put a quarter inch turn in the top one, you know, maybe just barely touch the bottom one or don't touch the bottom one at all. And it fixes it. Well, that's just going to ask think, you. If you got a quarter inch tear, I'm putting two twists in that yoke know, to fix it. What, and that's brought it.
0: You, what brought you to say, you only need to do this on a top cam. I mean, is that the most reactive part of the system, in your opinion?
3: Uh, Probably just because the roller guard is closer to the top cam and the top limbs than the bottom. Mm-hmm. So you always get a little bit more lean, or more uh reaction there, from yeah that. there's just more influence on the top cam than the bottom when it comes to the cable load pressure well and even on
0: a cam and a half your yokes are always on the top cam right so you're impacting that side of it yeah more. i mean
3: i i always say it moves it more when you're doing anything on top because it's closer to that cable you yeah. know whatever your cable uh system is whether right. it's a roller guard a slide right uh or even a flex system right um, cause that's, I mean, that's what's holding your cables out of the way. And that's what you're trying to influence is how much or how much that risers turning at through the shots, cycle the shot roll, yeah. because of that cable system.
0: You know, it's something that people don't realize. And I wanted to key on that, what you just said, because you tell some guys that aren't really kind of what I call crazy, like us three, us four now, cause you're just as bad Damaski. um, hyper tuners,
3: mm-hmm.
0: how much riser flex comes
3: into play. Oh, dude, every every bow, whether it's even the even the okay bows where they got the full shoot through cable system. Correct. And there's zero cable guards influencing the riser and stuff. Every single bow, when you draw it back, that riser is going to have turn to it. Yeah. And part of that is if it's a, a standard system where you got a roller or a cable slide, pulling your cables off to the side, as you draw back, the load on those cables increases and... Especially with a bow that has a cable slide, that thing's getting further away from the riser, giving it more influence on it. Right. So, anytime or throughout the draw cycle, those cables are increasing in load. That riser's turning. Right. Plus, as a I mean, as a right-handed shooter, and even as a left-handed shooter, the way your hand holds onto that bow. It's going to be turning it the same way that those cable that cable system is pulling yeah, that riser. reducing
1: inducing rotational torque.
3: Yeah, right. it, there, is exactly. it is impossible to get rid of, right. and which is why it drives me nuts that anybody ever talks about cam lean and all this. You know, <laughs> cam's got to be straight. Blah blah blah. Because your riser is there's no such thing. No such thing as too much cam lean unless your bow derails when you draw back. Mm-hmm. If, if it, it blows in the it, middle, let's roll. Yeah, exactly. if your arrow's flying straight, then it's in the right
0: spot. Well, oh, and that's why you guys, I mean, I, I think Elite, if I'm not mistaken, you guys are the first to do the bridge truss system in the riser on the upper side.
1: Oh, we are. Yeah, you mm-hmm. were the
0: first to do it. That it was mainly, so if you look at most bows in today's market, they'll have an upper and a lower truss system, which is like a bridge. It's a, a hollow cutout. Mm-hmm. Most manufacturers do it now, but you guys were the first to do it. I remember when you guys came out with the upper one, mm-hmm. and I was like, God dang, that's genius, trying to reduce that torque on well, a and- twist.
1: And to stiffen the riser
3: yeah it's, it's stiffening right? the riser because you gotta think all that influence is coming again from your cable cable system cable gauge, yeah cable guard system and right next and that's going to be you know a couple inches above the grip right so you got two things that are the two things that are right influenced that riser twist right there right next to each other yeah. so if you put something stiffer above and below that between you know your grip and then the limb pocket, the other thing that can turn on a on a bow, right? That's where you're getting the most support out of it, right? So, exactly. which is why, like, I mean, I'm shooting the Victory uh, X right now, and that bow should have a buttload of lean to it, yeah. and it does. I it mean, I draw back that sucker's move, right? Turned over quite a bit, but with that narrow of a system, mm-hmm. and I've got my cable rod damn near all the way out, right? And it, I mean, it turns quite a bit, but you look up at the limbs, the limbs are. Perfectly straight.
0: perfectly straight. So do you think that, so you guys on the Envision went to a much, much wider profile in the limb pocket mm-hmm. system this year. Does that help induce more riser twist or is that going to reduce or, or increase
3: it? I mean, I would say it reduces it's in, it. I, yeah.
1: I, feel it's, I feel it's reducing Any, it. I mean, the, the stability of that platform um, is by far... The most stable platform I have ever shot or experienced as a hunting bow. Yeah. I mean, I'm a bigger guy. Yeah. You know, I have a thirty and three quarter inch draw length. Um, you know, I've I've shot other sh- sh- shorter axle axle bows well, but I have never ever shot a short axle axle bow like I'm shooting right now. Right. You're talking a bow that it's thirty one inches axle to axle, six and seven eighths on the brace height. Right. And uh, geometry wise, on paper. It should not work for a guy my size, but right. when, when you look at what elite has done to create a stable, shootable platform, and we've taken the, the concepts and some of the features of what makes a target though, accurate, and we've put it into a hunting bow yeah. so that in so, an, so an archer that is purely just hunting can experience accuracy and shootability. Right. I mean, longer riser, wider limb pocket, more stable limb pocket, wider limb profiles, longer brace height equals forgiveness couple that with a super forgiving and a, and a fast cam i mean you look at the the, the ibo on it, it says 335. Yeah, okay
0: so but, we got, i wanted to talk about that real quick i'm going to stop you right now because i'm telling you
1: i know if say i
0: effing see another effing post about how slow the effing bow is i'm going to effing throw up uh, i mean dude, no, so I mean, wait, let's talk about that real quick it's, why as archers have we got on and, it, and it's i'm noticing it's getting worse now I've, i thought we kind of got away from the speed game it, for a while it was there the for speed. a long time and now and it's now like it's fucking back the, holy gra- the holy grail again i mean it's, it's like shamed huh it's speed shaming it's disgusting yeah.
1: so so i'm because like, you know I, we're, we're all guilty yeah, i mean so, i'm guilty of it so uh,
0: here's the thing i mean i had a guy real quick story comes in and picks up a target bow from me never shot target archery before he's a decent archer comes in and gets a target bow you and I had changed the the cam on that, on on this bow. I'm not going to name who it is, so But you'll know right away. The Citation, we had put the SC cam on it. Yep. And it changed the limb deflection. Well, in my, in our haste, because he was in a hurry to get it, we built it really fast, got everything set up, and, and gave him the bow. I didn't check the poundage. Well, it ended up being like a 51 pounds, 51 and a half pounds. So it had lost quite a bit of weight. When, by by. Remember, I was measuring the cables, to make sure mm-hmm. they, they were a little bit short and all this other crazy stuff. So anyways, get it all set up. Guy takes it out back driving tacks with it hammering ends up calling one of our staff shooters to ask him about you know because he finds out later after he takes it and shoots it for a while and he's like it's only 50 pounds and he's freaked out now granted i screwed up i should have checked it i sold him a 60 pound bow don't get me wrong um (laughs) in his infinite wisdom my staff shooter says well how are you shooting it well god dang it's hammering it's perfect but it's only 50 pounds (laughs) and the guy goes uh it, isn't that why we're, we're doing this to be accurate mm-hmm. if it shoots good but he can't get past it so he's going to go to and just ordered a 70 pounder he's going to go from 50 to 70 you know because he's cause, there's a good chance because he's it's too not slow because it's accurate. too slow for him no. it's too slow talking about even going even higher now well, i'll have maybe twist it up and go above 70. so it, what I'm, my point is, is this guy is willing to potentially sacrifice great shooting to get a faster bow mm-hmm. in target archery which is absolutely the most asinine thing ever, and I'm not. Once again, I, I should have sold him a 60. My fault. But after seeing us post some pictures, Elite has based off our bow build to read some of the comments. The one thing that I hear over and over and over: Why is it? It, it just sucks because it's so slow. The bow's so slow. I think there's a lack of knowledge yeah. there, man. Well, well it, and it's just, it's, it's just, why are we on the speed game again?
3: I don't know. It's wild to me that people don't understand why it's slower. I mean, it's the exact same cam that's been on the boat the last couple of years. Same module as the oh, geez, Encore. encore, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, roughly 10 feet slower than the Encore. And it has an inch shorter or an inch, inch longer, longer brace, brace height. And
1: right there. there and it that's is. why there it is. You're, you, yes. you've effectively
3: so. shortened your, you know, if you had an Encore set up and then you set up an, an Envision, oddly enough, that Envision is going to shoot the same speed your draw length as the Encore would an inch shorter because you're effectively shortening your power stroke by an inch you're shortening your draw length by an inch because of that brace height change mm-hmm. yeah now personally I tell you with bows nowadays especially I, I that platform that, that cam s-
1: is actually more efficient on the platform that it is right now and apples to apples yeah the Envision is about three to two to three feet per second faster than the encore yes from, the from
0: an efficiency standpoint from from efficiency efficiency yeah. yeah. if you were to force draw curve side. that entire Correct. thing from front to back it is more efficient I well, agree. And,
1: and with the speed thing for me it's like okay i can't be ignorant here and i don't think any of us are ignorant here to say that there is not a reason to have speed there is a point and there's a place where you need speed but here's here's how i look okay, at. But hold every on archer is different where, where my sweet spot is yeah. like, there's no reason. Yes. I'm a guy that's 30 well, yeah, because you, you, I don't different Yeah. Right. 315 feet per second. I can get it, but a, I'm not going to chase it.
0: a guy. My size might have to.
1: Yep. Agreed. That's what I'm saying is so but. you d- you can build your setup to achieve, you know, um, what's, what am I look? what am I trying to say? Max efficiency, max efficiency. And yeah. whether that's accuracy, speed and forgiveness, you need to build your setup for that sweet spot don't just chase a number oh that's what happens 300 feet per second chasing that number and that's where the speed game is and i think it is it's from a marketing perspective people get on board with it and they think they need speed speed is what kills well no speed is what will allow your arrow to get there faster and you can either accuracy kills faster yeah exactly you know (laughs) but it's accuracy yeah accuracy and shootability is okay so can i ask both of
0: you a question i mean blake your regional rep shot professionally bridger you shoot professionally today you guys have both killed tons of animals i mean and even jason um is there a difference between 280 and 295 feet a second in the grand scheme of things no okay so we're talking 15 feet per second okay Mm -hmm. so that's basically to most guys out there that i read on the internet that is like freaking two different sides of the planet earth mm. because i can is gain that, that f- is that that big of a difference
1: you know i think it there there is some scenarios that can be that big of a difference no, okay I mean, uh, granted uh, let me qualify 80 this to 80 you, to 90 yards yes. out probably me if there's a difference okay let, but me let, tell let, you. let me qualify okay. that hold on okay
0: yes there's a difference between that being at 245 and 260 potentially mm. because that's a slower that's a huge speed, difference at a slower speed yeah but for the common archer that we're talking about out there on, you know, that is gonna be the typical 28 and a half, 29 inch draw, 70 pounds, we're talking in between 280 and 295. Is there that big of a difference between those two I arrows?
3: Mean, if you're a, a Texas whitetail hunter, or even, you know, a Midwestern or East Coast whitetail hunter where you're sitting in a ground blind 20 yards from a feeder, no or difference. sitting in a tree stand 20 yards from a trail, no, zero, exactly. absolutely yeah. zero difference. You know, so the only time that-
1: penetration impact, uh, you know, very little to know.
0: So to understand know. that, you know, 90% of our consumers think that's
3: a chasm. Well, and honestly, I, I'd tell you the 280 is probably going to be better for you because uh, it's a agree, quieter 100%. bow. Yeah, it's I, gonna be yeah, It's gonna be quieter. a quieter bow. It's a more forgiving arrow. It's forgiving
1: I've always found that the sweet spot for the uh general population of archers, and, and <clears> then <throat> here's what I, what I see there that's, that's your guy, 20 and a half. 28, 29 inches. Yeah. They shoot in generally, let's say 63 to 68 pounds. Uh,
0: 350 to 390
1: arrow. Honestly, I was going to give him a little bit more. I'd say say most arrows now are about four. Yeah. He's going to be somewhere 283, 285. Which is a wheelhouse. Dude, it's a wheelhouse. The forgiveness of the bro. You can shoot just about any broadhead. Yep. You know, any vein profile. Yep. Guys don't realize is. They have a short axle axle bow, right? That maybe has a shorter brace height. It's mm-hmm. not as forgiving. Yep. And then they're chasing the speed number of 300 feet per second. And then they go screw on a, a fixed blade broadhead and they can't hit so- broadside of the barn.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, I see that's it every day. the
1: recipe for destruction. Absolutely. You know, so you start talking about 280 to 290 feet per second uh, or 95 feet per second. It's like, okay, if you want a Dude, little bit more speed, let's, let's find that happy medium. Let's this, build you a better arrow that you will find the same success when you know, harvesting your animals. And, and let's move forward.
0: This market right now, I know for a fact, two thirds of archers will give up accuracy to hit that number, to get a better number. That's how crazy they are. And yeah. I don't know where that's coming from. I mean, I just don't see, I don't know where this trend is, is 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 picked up, but I'm seeing it more and more and more over the last probably two years.
1: Well, and clarify yourself, because I think a lot of guys may listen to us and they know how involved we are in target archery. Yeah, And when we're saying accurate guys, as on a hunting setup, we're not talking about hitting dimes at 20, right. 50 yards. When we're talking accurate, I'm saying ethical groups about the size of your fist, at your maximum shooting distance which you guys I mean, agree i, I, I would say a good
3: a, a good rule of thumb <laughs> yeah a good rule of thumb would be the the one inch per 10 yards so if you're shooting at 20 yards and you shoot a two inch group like that's pretty damn good right yeah. you go out to 30 yard, 50, yard, 50 yards five inch group five inch group like and it's i would consider that to be an ethical <laughs> Correct. an ethical size group because i mean nobody's shooting have at. Well, I mean, we're shooting have 80 yards, but <laughs> yeah, but most guys aren't shooting guy. heavies you know, with that smaller kill zone, of 80 yeah. yards. But I mean, if you are an average, you know, archer, that's an avid That's hunter, the rule. If you're shooting 80 yards at an animal, generally it's an elk, which right. has the kill zone the size of a truck yeah, side window. Dryer. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, exactly. so
3: being able to hold that, you know, one inch per ten yards right. group is pretty damn good. Right, and. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll give credit to Gillingham. I think that this number has moved up a little bit into that 280 realm mm-hmm. because of the technology with bows. But I remember a long time ago when I was first when I first shot for gold tip, and I was all worried about big arrows. Uh, Tim said, "Just shoot the heaviest arrow you can shoot at roughly 270 feet per second. Yes, and that will almost always give you a good, you know, a good performance in the wind. Uh, allow your arrows." honestly honestly god be allow your arrows to be slow enough for the veins to actually have an effect on them to work yeah um but like i said i think that you know that 270 number is really good especially for like a target or feeder or field guy right i think that number has probably jumped up you know five to ten feet per second into that 280 realm right. now because of the technology we've had with bows correct uh and being able to get a lot faster with you know just a more efficient cam system right uh stiffer risers wider limb pockets allowing us to shoot a shorter brace height as well
0: well after all the testing in the in the shop at least and all we have done um you know for the last seven years i've been saying two eighty is the holy grail i don't care who you are how big you are how short you are if you can get to that 280 i believe that is the most forgiving most accurate most dependable arrow that you can shoot out there in all scenarios
1: and i agree with what scott's saying there and at the end of the day all bows can get there oh every one of them so it's like find the bow that you feel more more most comfortable with the one that fits feels good in your hand the one that you enjoy the draw cycle uh and, and build your arrow to hit those numbers
0: so here's why i think the uh, the 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 speed game has become an issue because let's be honest you've got some companies out there like valkyrie um legend i'm thinking of mm-hmm. some of these these ridiculous grizzly some of these retard ridiculously sorry the <laughs> heavy heavy arrows that are way on the other side of the spectrum <laughs> so they've got to have that 345 feet per second mm-hmm. to get that number that they want to get and at the end of the day it just i mean these guys that are touting that you have to make some more of that by the way um these guys that, that, that are touting, oh, sorry folks that was coffee we're all dying of coffee <laughs> uh-huh. um that's why i think that member may be hitting there yeah because you know there's one thing that i always talk about like especially the valkyrie system that's one of those systems that makes me insane because I know you had a conversation. I think what not too long ago, maybe a year ago, about with somebody. I remember you having this debate about you know FOC, and I think you made the comment, "Look, doggy," if, you know, in typical Bridger terms, "Look, doggy, like doggy." <laughs> if FOC and thirty percent was that big of a deal, I I make a living shooting my bow. I every target archer on planet Earth will be shooting high FOC, the, the, yeah. and we just ain't doing
4: that.
3: The dis, I mean, nine to eleven. Granted, for the but the highest FOC arrow that any target archer shoots. Is generally either for 3D, which is a 50 yard max, or beta indoor, yeah, which is 20 yards. Right. I mean, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, gonna,
1: I'm gonna throw a curveball at you, all though. that Valkyrie system is not made for target archery. I, it is not. We're talking. And I hunting. agree, but they. they I'm not...
3: The only reason I mentioned the when I talk about this stuff is they always say it's the one of the most accurate, accurate. systems. It gives you that. Yeah. Increases accuracy. your accuracy, that's BS. which in my okay. mind is false because when I'm shooting false. 100 yards, I I'm guarantee you mean. my Pro Tour is like 3% FOC. I, I can't, I that can't agree literally with the accurate aspect. Because well, that's the only thing I'm talking no, about. They I mean, yeah. market that
1: well, big think time. think about my setup the last two years. Right, yeah. I not gonna lie, I've been chasing the higher FOC. Well, so do I. I've been trying to, to a sh- degree. Well, yeah, but you're when chasing. You,
3: you're chasing. You're up towards you know, between twenty and twenty five percent. you ain't like. No, I'm like at 30. twenty. I Are was you really?
1: I was twenty, so I was shooting the X Impact, uh, twenty eight and a quarter inch shaft with a focus system, which is an extra hundred grains. Was a hundred grain slick trick standard one hundred. So I had two hundred grains up front, knocking everything. I was like at nineteen point eight.
0: Okay, but we're also talking about that arrow builds for a, a bull elk.
1: Yeah, that that that's, honestly, last year that I hunted elk with that
0: bear, deer, mule deer, deer, right? Everything I went. So and understand for. that yes, when we're talking about all this stuff, we're talking about specific animals or specific targets mm-hmm. we're trying to go after. And yes, legit, and I believe big game, yeah, legit. Now I don't believe, but to Bridger's point, there's guys out there shooting 35 percent FOC. Yeah, a bull that's elk. I, that's,
1: that's so like if you're so kill. A cape buffalo, a giraffe, maybe an elephant. I'm going to say, yeah, because your shot's probably going to be 20, 30 yards. Right. I mean, I'll I even, think we've proved it wrong in some t- scenarios here at this shop. Oh, yeah, I we know have. we have. <laughs> Tabansky
3: I would, t- I head, t- I would tell head. you, if your arrow is flying straight, it should not matter whether it's if you got a 600 grain arrow that is flying perfect. It shouldn't matter if 599 grains of it is in the first two inches <laughs> or the back two inches. Exactly. If that's if that fucker's flying straight, once it hits. It's going to continue to go. Well, and Thanks, you, you bring up
1: a good point there, and uh, you know that's that'll still transfer into the word that I like to use is called momentum. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am, I honestly, I, I could. There's a point where there's foc. There's a point where you focus on kinetic energy, but I think the the word that you got to focus on more than anything becomes the momentum factor. And right, a lot 100% of Hundred percent of
3: it's momentum. Yeah,
1: and the tune of your bow makes a big difference because you can have the heaviest arrow in the world but if it's flying sideways if, yeah if it doesn't it fly matter. straight you can't transfer that energy and that momentum can't carry through
3: yeah i mean agreed i mean it, it this goes back to what you were talking about earlier is why do we try and cannibalize everybody if your ship flies straight and you can hit what you're aiming at like it doesn't matter what your setup is no generally you're gonna no. kill whatever it is well, you're pointing and, at as long as you can hit as long as you can I, hit behind I'm the pin
1: go, i'm gonna go back to the elite and the envision in any of the flagship boats with the set system. You talk about getting your arrow to fly straight. How many guys are out there, whether they are shooting a high FOC or not, they're struggling with getting their broadheads to fly straight oh, bro. because they've either shooting I, I, an overspined or underspined arrow.
0: I've done it twice in the last week, guys coming in for broadhead tuning. And mm-hmm. yeah, ex- that exact thing. And,
1: and that's what, see, I don't think the general public realizes tool of the set in this, in this realm of tuning and broadheads and arrow flight, because you know, for me, as I'm walk back tuning my broadheads, I don't care who you are. You most likely will run into a yardage where your fixed broadheads and your field points aren't hitting identical. So for me last year, before we went on our elk hunt, it was about 75 yards. I started favoring a little left. Well, I had two options. I could, well, I had three options. I could maybe move my rest a little bit. I could just move my sight and sight into it. But I chose the third, which was move my set. Yeah. So at 75 yards, I'm hitting about two to three inches to the left. That's telling me the same thing as what Scott was reading out of his bow is a little bit of a right tear. Yeah. I unlock my set, move just the top limb pocket and boom, broadheads fill points at 75 yards to 120 are hitting the same dot. Now from a consumer standpoint, there's not a bow on the market that gives you that ability to super tune and hyper tune your bow in the backyard. Um, that is super beneficial of the set system to help these guys become more accurate with the broadheads they choose and feel that they're going to be the most successful with.
3: Right. Well, um, and I wouldn't even say like, well, obviously it's simple to tune, but it gives everybody an opportunity to tune it you don't need to have a i mean i guess the only other system out there that's even remotely close to it would be the the, the drive deck. system on the boat but, to the boat be very precise but with those that. ones yeah that's a cam you, shift that's your it's shift a, in the holes it's effectively yeah. shimming the cam which Correct. has a lot more effect Massive on it. amount i mean you <laughs> think about when we go tune a bow i got a half inch right tear on a on my victory and i'm using the stand you know the factory uh shims that are in it right I mean, it's probably what the thin shim on that one's like 25 what is it 25?
1: 25 000, I think. oh well, it depends i don't know you and i have so many different shims in our victors. yeah but,
3: well we'll say for for simplicity's sake it's 25 thou i can take and flip those around so i'm moving the cam like a 16th of an inch yeah. and it makes like hardly at difference. all and it makes a huge a difference. huge
2: difference so, I mean, Jason, that, that said, you, know, you can get a lot more specific. With I, it. I just swapped been, out my yeah.
4: bearings on the on the Victory, and that made a hell of a difference on it, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
4: yeah. Did you did you put a flange bearing in it? No, I just went with uh, just regular standard bearings, but I mm-hmm. pulled the, the bearing races off. Mm-hmm. So, it's actually exposed. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And the that. shims are actually protecting it. Yeah. But just taking away that fabric that was pushing against the shim, it just gave it that much more flexibility on the cam. Well, I mean smoother. If, There was less, there was less there's resistance less on that. Yeah, which, yeah. which allowed that bow. I mean, I think I set it up the other day when you were pulling on it. It's set up to like 61 pounds, and yeah. I was shooting a 360 grain arrow at 294. All,
1: like that. all I know is that feels like a man's bow right now because it was kicking my ass. <laughs> yeah, he was collapsing a little bit. I, well, oh, yeah,
3: it, because it's it's he's got
4: short. A, <laughs> It's like 19 and a half, almost 20 pounds holding weight. I was like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> coming off the back wall. <laughs>
3: not bad for like 50 pounds <laughs> right
1: i mean debanski here is he's beast i'm getting there you are dude you're training really really hard and i mean as for someone who eats sleeps and breathes fitness um i gotta tip my hat bro it's it's been impressive to watch you the over yeah dude three years ago to yeah. where you are now yeah i mean dude it's in my mind you're the, you're the poster child of it right now i mean Sheesh. hard work pays off and
4: yeah it's, there's no shortcuts when it comes to that yeah, yeah. dude it's absolutely yeah you're insane that's but when, all i got when, to say when you when you get a bow that that works with you and you know i shot i shot elites for a long time yep um then he left
1: then he left for a little bit i yeah i'm,
4: I'm bouncing
0: around
1: dude. And wait a I minute have, let's, you know, let's
0: wait hold up though let's qualify that he actually broke two world records
3: with his elite
1: what yeah absolutely
3: two yep two no, one nope. dos one
0: I thought
1: you broke two Four nationals Four nationals oh, okay.
3: okay My bad Not two world records Only four nationals Yeah so. Well
1: you know And that's Did Everyone always thanks What's that
0: what, One of them a world Yeah Yeah One of them was world So five so thought, total Five God total God dang yeah.
1: Everyone always thanks All Blake's the elite ref You know it's but to be honest, I mean, I think y'all know y'all know me better than anybody else. It's like I'm Blake, the elite rap. Yeah, you're right. But Blake also really enjoys archery and good boats. And oh so, yeah. yeah.
0: we Well, we have that conversation a lot. Blake will even say, "Okay, I'm taking off my tog." Taking off
1: my tog head and, yeah. and let's talk. Let's Blake's, talk. Let's, let's talk. Shop. Shooter first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love archery. So when Tabanski went and, and shot for another manufacturer for a little bit, you know, I supported that.
4: Yeah. yeah. I when want, I don't shoot for them, I just. They shoot chose to shoot their bow. Yeah, that' their equipment, but. You know, going back to the speed game even on the on the target side, when the result thirty seven came out, you know, I'm restricted to forty five pounds on yep. World Archer and stuff like that. Dude, I was shooting that bow and I could seriously shoot that bow, probably drink a cup of coffee, roll my chair and catch that arrow in mid flight. So. It was shooting like two hundred and thirty feet per second. But I I I took my mind off the numbers and I started doing doing the math. Two hundred and thirty feet in one second, you know, my targets Fifty-five yards away, my arrow's going to hit their sub one second. Yeah. Do I really need to chase a speed number? No. 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 no we not. said it, it, on the target. They, on Native the target Americans side side were
3: different. shooting eighty-pound oak sticks with deer guts for strings and a eight hundred grain eight hundred grain cedar arrow with a rock. Tied, tied to the end, end of it so, they were killing shit guys, and they killed got, a lot of stuff we got
1: way off topic from where we were first no, going No, but i this. wanted to talk but about that good because stuff. No, i, mean, it's I really wanted to good talk stuff. about
0: it because dude i mean we're going to see i'm sure you as a consumer and so blake is a manufacturer's rep that represents elite and I, I this is why i probably could never be a rep oh you would die no because of you the couldn't BS. have these conversations yeah the bs that i read online it's so hard for me yeah. I, like last night I actually typed a response to one of them. The one, the guy said the too slow and I deleted Okay. Cause yeah. I can't do that. And well, I realized and there was another it, guy
1: that Ryan was even laughing about the, uh, he was talking about cause, the, the, rest cab- yes, the, rest cause the rest cable. Yes. Yeah, cause the rest cable, I got to kick out of that too. And it was like, well, he was, he was right. You know, we, we, we just didn't take the time to to reset it because it was right. twelve thirty at night when we finished. You're correct. But, you know?
0: <laughs> but to notice that and be I mean, what's I
2: mean look armchair, I to armchair
0: say, quarterback it?
1: Well, yeah, to armchair quarterback and to post it, it's like, come on, guys. Like, yeah, come why, on. why even say it? Like there's I well, bet if he, you were smart enough. To know why we did it, there's a reason. Because we put a couple twists in the cables to make Correct. sure you were holding 70 pounds. Correct. Um,
0: Remember, I know I lo- my timing went out.
1: Oh, and your timing went out. And, and I
0: went and put two and a half twists in it real quick. Yeah. And just it'll still shoot. And as a matter of fact, it did shoot. It did shoot. And guess what? We're going to fix it. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't affect have left it anything,
4: like that. But it's like. It's social media, man. And, yeah. and these guys are probably the same guys that go to give unwanted advice to female archers out there and become the white knights as well you know and,
1: i just i choose to ignore man it's you have to well the reason world. i
0: want to go back to the speed thing though because i'm trying to we try to re-educate our customers here mm-hmm. when they walk in the door i never talk speed ever i don't mm-hmm. matter of fact i will tell you i will tell them all hey man all these bows are shooting them 330 plus Dude, because a, i just don't know and i don't care i've got a
1: great group of guys out west um humphreys archery in utah three chain store and uh I'm not gonna lie, the, those guys are speed guys. And uh Drake Cook is the manager at one of their locations. And uh he was shooting a Bowtech last year and he did some great testing for me. He was testing the Bowtech versus the Encore at 20 and a half inches at 70 pounds with uh one say it's 470 grain arrow. Yeah. And he he tested it. I asked him, I said, Hey, test it at off the bow, tested at 20 yards, and tested at 40 yards. And give me some of your speed ratings back. Right. In a nutshell, what he saw was the bow tech he was shooting was faster off the bow. Once it got to 20 yards, uh, the elite closed that gap down to three feet per second. And once he got to 40 yards, the elite was faster.
0: So the percentage transfer of the cam is better.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, it has a higher efficiency. Right. Therefore, downrange. And that's all I was like, look, dude, there, so- there's
0: your story. And that's, called, that's called terminal velocity. His terminal and velocity is downrange.
1: The arrow maintains speed longer downrange. Now, it was the exact same arrow, just two different bows. Right. Well, so this year, Drake had a different perception of what our bows can actually do. And so the Envision came in 335. He loves it. He shoots it well. The guys love it because it's so easy to tune. And so when guys walk through the door, you know, he puts all the bows out there and right now all the bows are shooting from about, let's say some of them on the low side are 333 yeah. uh, and some of them on the higher side. Are, I'm not even going to get, well, I'm not even considering those bows because the bows that sell, you know, better out West are the ones that are from, you know, 31 to 33 inches axle axle,
2: right, right.
1: not the 28s and 29s. Right. And all those bows are from about 33 or 233, 333 to 338. But realistically, those that are 338 are more like 335. And so he's like, man, they're all within three to five feet per second of each other. And he's like, shoot them and tell me which one feels best.
0: Not even that, though. You take all those bows you just named. And I I know all of them. What are the brace heights on them?
1: Well, and that's what. One, that's the difference. Yeah. I mean, a six and seven eighths brace height versus a six inch brace height though,
0: is like Bridger, you know this, you're target guy. Which one's better?
3: I mean, for your average archer, obviously the longer brace height. Exactly. I, I would argue that I mean six inches is a new seven. I agree with that. I, I would argue Said that, that in too times. because I mean, with how far along we've come with riser technology, and you know, oh, everybody going to a wide. You want to shoot? Yeah. so, so much I mean, you're saying. not you're not really losing anything other than seven or eight feet so per if second. Go fi- with that slightly longer. If you had rate. a
0: three to five percent variance in speed versus and then along with it get a seven get seven eight more in, uh, inches in brace height yeah you're gonna you're shoot that, that longer bow. brace
3: can oh, i can shoot use that myself brace and throw
1: myself under the table here. Oh, yeah absolutely right. i love when you yeah, do that you, yeah <laughs> so for the last couple of years i've been trying to achieve a 500 to 525 grain arrow uh to shoot at 300 to 305 feet per second because it produced a serious amount of kinetic energy and momentum
3: mm-hmm.
1: um i was able to achieve that out of my encore And what I realized though,
3: it's going to be an interesting um, coffee mix. That's pumpkin spice coffee. I smell it.
1: (laughs) What I was realizing though, is there were times at longer distances that I was making shots that I normally wouldn't make. Meaning I would throw one a little high or a little left. And I'm pretty hard on myself on what my expectations of what my groups look like at distance. Right. And and if I'm not holding a softball size group at 80 yards, That bow's not shooting right. Agreed. And so for me to go out there at 80 yards and I'm throwing one two to three inches high at 80 and I'm going, what the heck? You know, that was a good shot. It should have broken the middle. Well, I started analyzing, you know, analyzing my setup. What are you doing different this year that you haven't done in other years? You know, I'm shooting a 300, I'm 250 spine arrow. I'm shooting at 525 grains. It's shooting at 300 feet per second. Uh, my my holding weight was about 13 and a half i'm pulling 74 pounds like everything seemed legitimate well then i started going backwards a couple of years and i'm like all right well let's go back a couple more years when your when your setups were the best what was the speed and what did that look like so i went back to my notebook i started flipping some pages and guess what any time that i had a bow between 287 and 295 those bows i remember drove tax whether it yeah. was my elite tempo my energy 35 even my cure yeah and I was like oh light bulb so here I have the envision now and um I said you know what I'm not even gonna go I'm not even gonna chase that squirrel this year right I'm going to take a little bit out of my arrow setup to achieve the speed that I'm looking to get to find the forgiveness that I want to see in my shots and so I took that arrow from 525 grains And I went ahead and turned that down uh, to, I want to say my total end weight was about 482, which is still freaking heavy. That's heavy. Um, I'm shooting our 75-pound Envision at 30 and three quarters at dead nuts, 75 pounds, um, holding 13 and a half, 14 pounds of holding weight, and it's shooting right at 293. Right. And that bow scott hamlin you've seen me you saw me oh, shoot yeah. that out it's, on our elcon this hammers year. 90 yards is no problem i don't care if i'm shooting a mechanical a fixed weight at broadhead doesn't matter what it is yeah. that bow just drive tax
0: absolutely no you're right but I, mean, I, I
1: was i was guilty here we're talking about those speed guys mm-hmm. i got caught up we in myself
0: we all do it hell i'm i was chasing i'm chasing it right now for my asa 3d bow
4: yeah but you went like an idiot you didn't try and chase it out of your bow you chased it out of your arrow setup yep which and that's that's what
1: i was saying earlier it's you know the the arrow y- you can do a lot with your arrows yeah. uh i talk with a, actually the owner of humphrey's you know a guy comes in and he's complaining about his bow not shooting well and he, he starts blaming it on the bow brian will straight up tell the guy let me see your arrows mm-hmm. um that arrow plays a big part in the overall accuracy. Don't get me wrong. Your tune does as well, but guys, you can have the wrong arrow. You you can have knocks that don't fit your string correctly. You can have, there's just so many variables in that arrow setup. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that that, that's something that we don't pay enough attention to. And, you know, I, I will give it to, to a lot of shops out West though. They are very in tune with building the proper arrow To get the job done in the field and i feel that is there an arrow in your setup that you can shoot for everything absolutely but there's also times where you have to look at okay what is on my what is on my list this year In my big game wise is it antelope and mule deer yeah you're probably going to shoot a little bit of a lighter arrow correct a little faster arrow probably a little foc keep a flatter trajectory a little bit more forgiveness and you know misjudging a couple yards that's going to make you more successful. Yep. Uh, if you're going to go and pound on an elk, well, you're going to probably definitely bump up some mass weight there. <laughs> yeah. Big, big bones, big muscles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, You know, some guys may chase the FOC there. Some guys may just go with a weight weighted shaft. That's, you know, equal throughout mm-hmm. and you're going to probably bump up your air weight, 40 to 50 grains, but, you know, analyze your setup to say, Hey, what am I trying to achieve? How can I allow my, set up to perform at its best and where do where do i shoot this bow the best right. um and then you can optimize your setup and become a better archer
0: yeah i think the guys that are out there chasing that 310 305 320 or they're sacrificing accuracy for 100 they'll, they'll hit that number and be happy as a pig and you know what but then they'll struggle with groups like crap yeah, yeah exactly I, I, hope, I hope but they're that number. Three
1: guys i hear this podcast and just humor us yeah. go to your local shop buy three arrows buy six arrows just Mm -hmm. something that you normally wouldn't buy a little heavier drop your speed down to feet per second yeah Yeah. and then you know give us some give us some of your personal feedback
0: i just will bet dollars of donuts dude they're going to be better i mean you're going to be more accurate
4: set up your bow to peak performance and then build your arrow around it yeah
0: without a doubt and it's sorry i got on that soapbox no we had to last last night reading those comments on that those pictures i was just leaving my mind
1: but then here it is, we, we went the opposite way for tack because, well, actually we well, did not really go too far from that. No,
3: I mean, you built a faster arrow. What's, what's funny is we had mentioned this before we started recording was, you know, obviously the easiest way to get a lighter arrow, is jump down and spine which obviously you did i did run a 500 right you can get away with it shorter draw length you cut that My arrow power stroke's it, not near as big. that you cut that arrow 24 or something inches <laughs> like that's like 500 <laughs> to 290 now dude, dude i your mean you're you,
1: almost shoot the same length. Like yeah that. it's I it's
3: four <laughs> inches longer than a crossbow bolt so it's yep. still getting plenty of stiffness out of it mm-hmm. but uh depending on the bow and depending on the cam system and stuff finding an optimal spine or what a lot of us would consider an optimal spine, like 99% of guys, if they come in here, 28 inches shooting 70 pounds, we're going to throw them in a 300 spine arrow. And 99% of the time that works. Well,
1: And it's, it's funny because a lot of shops and I had to talk to a shop about this the other day, those specs you just gave, they want to put them in a three fifty. Yeah. And I'll say on, if you're, if you're going to shoot a, you know why? Well,
0: look on the outside of the box of the arrows. will tell you that. The the box arrows will tell you that. Now, I mean, the
1: problem with that though is and this is me geeking out, right, is you better know the efficiency of the cam. Yes. How and how I, I aggressive we, the cam is. Well, I think aggressive is a bad word because it-
0: Nah, not, aggressive means hard draw cycle, no wall. Correct, um, but that's not what we're looking how, for. How efficient.
1: It really comes down to how efficient that yeah, cam is. Agreed. And so some other manufacturers, you tune bows enough, you kind of start to trend and understand you, like-
3: Well, You figure out which bows like what arrows.
0: Bingo. Don't you think that some of them boxes were built, in, uh, what was the most popular bow over the last few decades? solo cam yeah i was gonna say it took, switchback it, it took a weaker arrow yeah it always so did. we always used a weaker arrow on a solo cam bow a single cam bow so i think a lot of those boxes are predicated
3: in that direction well, they, they i were, think a lot of companies lighter. have changed their spine chart system who did most companies have oh, okay. i know gotcha. gold tip has in the last yeah. five years Easton has to as a well degree, though, if you still not, look at they it they it, still like they're like
1: they're still on the lighter side yeah like,
3: now i would say you know it's almost always better to go up you know, if it's telling you a three fifty and you're shooting seventy pounds, like go to the 300. go to a three hundred, you're probably going to get a little bit better performance out of Correct. your broadheads. Now, yes. if we're just talking screw field points on, see how close you can hit to the middle of the yeah. target. Shoot three fifty. I would tell you that a lot of times that weaker arrow shoots a little bit better. Agreed. I mean, out of my, I'm shooting a three seventy five out of my victory right now. With I got one hundred forty grains in the front,
0: so you're mm-hmm. breaking the crap so it's, that crap down that arrow. It's fairly, it's fairly
3: lighter spined. But even more on the extreme of it is my result. I know that those cams, for whatever reason, love a weak arrow Right when it comes to an accuracy standpoint. And you shooting that envision at 70 something pounds, a 500 grain arrow proves that. <laughs> exactly. My Pro Tours out of that bow, I, it's probably the best I've shot Pro Tours out of any bow. Any bow, yeah. And I'm shooting 65 and a half pounds, 28 inches with the performance mod, which is giving me a little bit more speed little bit more efficiency out of that cam, and I'm shooting a 420 Pro Tour. That's crazy with a quarter inch cut off the back. Damn. Which, if you don't know anything That's about crazy. the Pro Tours, they're mm-hmm. it's a tapered shaft, so the back Damn. end of the arrow is stiffer. Right. Mm-hmm. Me cutting a quarter inch off the back is it taking it stiffer. from like a 420 <laughs> down to like a 450, 450 or 460. Right. So I'm shooting a crazy light spined arrow for that poundage at my draw length. So. Yeah.
1: That victory did react though to a weak arrow very well.
3: Yeah, it and same thing. I shoot the exact same arrow out of that victory. Granted, it's four pounds lighter in draw weight. Right, it's about 61, 62 pounds. Mm-hmm. But well, uh, and,
1: and you know, victories. I was kind of on, on the same route. I, w- I always shot a three fifty better than a three hundred. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the flip side, uh, my result, my result thirty six, and two years prior, my Revel XL. They favored the 250 now,
0: spine. I want to go back to that spine chart a little bit with that with that shop you were talking about because I would agree that at face value the 350 just number pops in your head right away because it's probably where traditionally you've always wanted to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I, I go by the school of Gillingham. Tim and I had a long conversation about this four or five years ago about, and I love the saying that he had he had told me when we were having dinner and he said too stiff can, still too stiff. You can always tune an arrow that is too stiff and shoot it well. You can never shoot an arrow that's underspined, efficient. Uh, uh, well, you just can't well, do it's it. It's a wet noodle. It's a wet noodle and never recovers. Well, and that's what yeah. people are that's probably why... thinking
1: about you with the five hundred. Oh, is absolutely. How shooting that, well, guys, he took a thirty-two inch shaft and yeah. cut it down to. 24. 24 freaking yeah. inches it's probably
0: really a 400 four
3: that's you know, probably Four twenty stiff. Yeah. What?
1: What? and see that's that's another thing guys aren't taking into consideration is arrow length right so
2: mm-hmm.
1: you can you're going to affect the stiffness of the shaft by cutting that arrow shorter so right. yeah if you're cutting it to straight to the front of the riser at your draw length then you know yeah. what at yeah. 350 that is, label
0: on the spine is created at 32 inches yep Every time you start chopping off, you're, you're dynamically changing the spine of that arrow. Yeah. I mean, and that's what Tim was, you know, very similar subject because women, a lot of women on the tour, uh, especially indoor will shoot uh, a gold tip X cutter or a gold tip, triple X triple x is what a 150 spine mm-hmm. x cutters at 250 spine i think 250 yeah Yeah. so on paper in the box they're not even close yeah mm-hmm. they're shooting so over spined it shouldn't work yeah but it does because you can if your bow is tuned properly it'll shoot a log well and a lot a of those, a rebar a, a lot of those
1: women are even shooting the ps23 400s outside yeah. and they're only shooting 50 pounds
0: 50 pounds yeah and we're but every but day and i do we deal with this a lot especially with the ladies that come in and their husbands come in with them and they're she needs to be in a 600 spine and they're going to go kill a whitetail no that's no that's Mm -mm. just not good math
1: my wife she is 25 and a half inches of draw length she pulls 60 pounds and i've got two arrows for her yeah if we plan to go out west or well we were planning to go to africa in june i had her shoot in a 400 spine and that tuned
0: perfect great Yeah. yeah
1: um but for stuff around here around the house i have her in a 500 you yeah. know x impact 500 right and so it's like i think she's in the middle
2: yeah
0: um but a 500 x impact versus a 500 uh deep, outlaw yeah is two different two animals yeah those yeah. are i mean i'm going micro damage all day long mm-hmm. helping with penetration velocity everything i mean yeah. this a 10 times better arrow
4: yeah. I we overspined when when i was shooting outdoor i shot a 410 x10 out of 45 pound victory Well, here's a trick
1: here's a trick uh that michael braden showed me a few years ago was one is see how your bow reacts with different spines um sometimes you may get false readings uh right tear versus left tear you know everyone's like oh right tear means that your arrow's too stiff Well, Mm -hmm. well really is it or is it actually telling you it's too weak because I can tell you, out of a victory, a
3: victory, it is almost always opposite of what the paper tear tells Bingo. you. If you got a right tear, I will always cut that arrow down. Yeah, yeah. right tear out of the victory generally is indicating. I mean, it's indicating a stiff arrow, but for whatever reason, <laughs> you stiffen that sucker up it, and right tear. It'll out of clean the victory it because I too yeah. weak. Yep, I had some twenty three fifteen set up for a tournament I went to last weekend. I was getting yeah maybe a quarter inch right tear out of them. And, I mean, you can still increase the cable load pressure on it, shim the cam over, move the rest, whatever. I just cut a half inch off of that arrow, and it was perfect. perfect. And that's
1: what I like to do. When I get a new setup, I literally go to my garage, I grab a 250-spined arrow, and I have a extra-long 500-spined arrow that's at 29 inches, and I'll shoot them both through paper. Yeah, And that reading, I put it in my notes, what I get. And so that it kind of gives me a reference if I ever to go back to, right. you know, if for I forgot, you know, right. this is how this bow's reacting. I mean, right. cause I've had bows that done, you know, the victory, like we just said, right. Tear technically, technically okay.
3: should so be Any, any week. I've found that I get that result with any, uh, two track binary system. Really? So okay, for the most part now, the, like the envision the encore, the remedy, result any though you know that three track binary system i don't know if it's because that cable that cable load is spread out on the riser or on the axle more but uh for whatever reason on that two track binary it always seems to read opposite but on you know a standard cam and a half solo cam uh that three track binary which most i mean in all reality most companies are at now right uh it seems to read, you know, by the book yeah, for the most part.
0: Exactly. So I got a question for you guys. We're a bunch of tuning geeks in here right now, um, and Words. I had the, and, yeah, and I had this happen. Yeah, I, love it. I had this happen the other day, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this because I have I know where I live in this in this world. Um, we had a Hoyt coming uh, for we were setting up for Paige. She was getting ready to go take off on a javelina um, hunt a couple weeks ago. Um, we had switched over to a Hoyt RX7, and after we got done tuning the broadheads and everything, um, got the paper tear perfect, first of all. We go down, get the broadheads tuned up, and they are flying like absolute dog crap. I mean, this is horrible. Well, Arrow's perfect, though. We're in a 400 spine. Everything is good. Poundage on, draw poundage length? Poundage on math. What's your poundage? Um, she's 27 and a quarter draw length, and we I think she was pulling 48 pounds. 48 pounds, what yeah, arrow? Um, X-Impact 400.
1: X-Impact focus system, no focus? Focus
0: system with 80 up front and shooting a uh what's she up going there with this is 100 grain I think she was shooting wasp broadheads at the yeah. time wasp, wasp the, or viper
3: viper, tricks, viper tricks or wasp, yeah one of the okay.
0: two so anyways we we're, we're having trouble it's just shooting like crap and I ended up going up there and moving the rest French tuning it more or less back mm-hmm. into the middle and we and then <laughs> and in doing so I thought okay there's something going on wrong here I can't figure out what it is so hey we need to walk back to this bow. So I take her at 25, 35 and 40, walk back, tune the bow and I'm moving the rest quite a bit to get it. But man, I got it dead nuts, straight line or right down the middle, top to bottom, go back air, shoot one broadhead, field point. They're perfect. I mean, I fixed everything. We're now exactly where we need to be. Her husband's with me. And I tell Jesse, I'm like, okay, so here's the deal. The shooting awesome out to 40 it's, the bows exactly where it needs to be. Do not paper tune it. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like bro just trust me i've moved enough shit on this bow you're not going to like the paper tear it's going to be ugly and he's like well i gotta go check i said don't because now it's gonna be in your head and then if she misses one you're going to blame it on the paper tear that's why she missed and i said trust me it's just it's not going to be good but i know you i know how jesse is. i said uh, you were you were probably going to walk straight up and paper tear it just don't do it he did it and i said are you going to argue that the bow is not doing what it's supposed to he's like no it's shooting perfect i said exactly What's he do? He does it. How he's, bad? Oh, dude. It was <laughs> three quarter inch low right. Terry was ugly. I mean, really. Ugly. Low right. Three quarter inch low right. And I looked at him when he did it and he's, his eyes got big and he's like, I'm like, are you going to change it? Well, no, because it's doing what it's supposed to. But God, that's bad, Scott. And I'm like, I will bet you $100 she can shoot up to 60 with this scene dead nuts. She comes in next day just driving hammers. And <laughs> um, but the point being is, is that at what point does paper matter and walk back doesn't? Because I think the walk back tune is the Holy pa- Grail. Pa-
3: paper matters before you do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. as a starting point. Starting point. Well, yeah, I can guess what rest point. is on that bow because I haven't seen it yet. I would say
1: that's probably more rest timing
3: than anything. I guess, I, I guarantee you I know what rest well, is on that think. bow. A Pro-V, Vapor Trail. Mm. It's a Vapor Trail. It was
0: a newer one, but yes, it was a Vapor Trail. I think trail.
1: That, that's a lot of rest timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, I mean, the arrow's porpoising. You're not getting left and right. So it has, that Hoyt does have a dotted downward knock travel. Yeah, big time. So I I think it's that would be like my perspective. It's But would you
3: have changed it? Well, if you hit behind the pin and (laughs) care. My
0: point, yes, exactly. Uh, Now you are like Jesse. You probably would have like.
1: I would have, I can tell you this, what I I would have ripped the rest off. Uh, I'm not happy with that, that, but that's just me personally. mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to argue if it's hitting and it's doing what it should then then if you're comfortable with that roll with it but i'm such a perfectionist right for me it's it, like it I
3: would eat you up, to oh, do, oh, it right. ate
1: me up i mean but at the same You'd point I imagine, I would jesse jesse's probably shooting it off the bow at three feet jesse take two steps back and he probably would have saw that it, it cleaned itself up
0: but you know that, what's you you know what's crazy? It what? was um, watching it fly behind when we were shooting it. You probably yeah. couldn't it was, see no, it. No, was. You, I mean, I can normally catch any deviation coming out of the bow. Let's just, honestly, I just couldn't see it. My
1: remedy did that last year. Remember, mm-hmm. my remedy. We were setting it up for Paris. Yeah, um, I was yeah. getting that low right tear, and it it just came down to rest timing. Yeah, and and that's why I love that Bridger said that it was the rest. Yeah. Um. And here, guys, once again. you you go home and or you're at the shop you're complaining your bow won't tune and you're blaming the bow technician you're blaming the the arrow and you're blaming the bow itself Mm -hmm. you got to take certain things out of the equation right um and the rest is generally one things that can one of the things that can cause a lot of tuning issues
0: yeah we typically will go straight to a blade to check that. if we
3: have a bow that won't blades don't lie mm -mm. if we have a bow that will not tune or is doing something goofy here and there with a specific rest uh you know just to eliminate the idea that it's you know cams or uh shimming or something like that mm-hmm. we'll actually we'll take and just throw a blade rest on it because it's not gonna move I mean, it's not moving for,
1: yeah and for me the qad of the hamski um you can go right I, to that and fix no, it was funny about
3: and that's why i prefer those either QAD or Hamsky. i, I like the qad wonder, limb driven or i also Campbell wonder driven real more, quick but,
1: you said she was shooting how many pounds uh 48 48 pounds mm-hmm. and she's 27 inches mm-hmm. and you had her in a 400 with the focus
0: system I well, think it was a four, maybe a three fifty. I don't remember, dude. To be honest with you,
1: honestly, if it was a four hundred with a focus system, I'm just throwing it out there. Unresponded.
0: Being good. Yeah, but I think we checked being it. I think I ran a three fifty with it to double because I, I assumed the same thing right away. Yeah, we we're trying to keep her speed up because she was going to be shooting out to sixty or seventy yards Correct. with the heavy. Um, but I think it
3: ended up being totally what you just said it yep. was it was rest because the that, that, that timing that rest moves down and away yeah instead of so moving straight, instead, instead of straight up straight, straight down
0: yeah and but you know what's funny about that like even the hamskis, and i'll tell you for <laughs> some of the listeners if you're having if you got a hamski that say it's a year year and a half old two years and you shoot a lot people i don't know if you even know this um because you <laughs> we all change bows so often we don't ever i think get a chance to shoot you know enough to where we affect the performance of a rest, but mm-hmm. I see more and more ham skis that have been trinities, especially been on the market for two years now. Guys are coming in with tuning issues hey, my arrow's not flying as good, and off right away, spring tension,
1: spring tension.
2: Yeah,
0: dude, those springs and <laughs> that ham ski will degrade. I will, I'm gonna guesstimate in two years. Well,
2: it's, so let's say if you
0: shoot maybe seven, ten thousand arrows or five thousand yeah. arrows, and every single one of them, the first thing I do is check the spring tension, and this it's just gone. So you can loosen that. You know, thank goodness, dude. That's a knowledge and bomb. tighten that up.
1: That's a knowledge bomb right there.
0: Yeah, big time. Because I have noticed it coming in more and more this year, and every one of them are, are bows that I've sold two years ago. Mm-hmm. These guys shoot a lot, and I noticed right away the 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 blade is just basically falling as soon as a damn release. And, happens. and the good news about a hansky is so easy to fix. Can fix all that. Oh, the way they come with it. So it's it ironic comes with a that it comes with an extra spring, <laughs> yep. which tells me that Hamsky knows this is ha- can happen. Because there's no reason for them to put two springs dude, that's, in there.
1: That's a knowledge bomb. Bro. I mean, I think a lot of guys on, that are listening to the podcast today. If you I, are I having issues with the Trinity, a, you
0: can you're shooting a ham ski. All you have to do is take the two screws out, tighten the spring tension on it, put it back in the new holes, or take the whole thing apart and put your well, and spring just in just
1: it. note that guys, when you go in this season and, and you're looking to to get your bow tuned up and you know change your strings, if you've had a ham ski for a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, get rid check of that variable. Just, check just your spring ask tension. Them, hey, can we? Can we re- change the spring with the spring tension yes and your pro shop i mean they're pro shop for a reason they're going to be happy to to go ahead and and you know fix yeah. that issue that's like it's, rotating we've seen your it more tires and, more and, more. and getting your oil changed man yeah.
0: now if you're a guy that gets a new bow every year unless you're shooting just the same new, amount of yeah. arrows you're never going to see this yeah but i've noticed there are most of my guys that are you know in the elite cure for example or you know like a well, hoyt axius
1: a lot of guys they they bought the bow two years ago they bought all their their accessories. They're mm-hmm. taking those accessories and putting on a new bow and putting Correct. on a new bow. So right. theoretically, yeah, that rest they may have not have shot all the yeah. same amount or a lot of arrows out of a certain bow, right? But that rest has seen a yes. bunch of arrows through it.
0: Go back to my original question. So you, because you're the Blake, I'm talking to Blake now. You're you're a perfectionist. Yeah, you I, couldn't I, handle that tear.
1: I, I couldn't sleep at night with that. <laughs> I, I'm going to fix that because it's it's not so much that I. It, yeah, it's the perfectionist in me. But at yeah. the same time, it's like I want to know the why. Yeah. Because the thing is if someone experiences that, um, I'd like to have the knowledge to help them right, you know, overcome that obstacle. Right. Some guys may not care. For me, I'm gonna find out, okay, this RX seven, how is it reacting? Does it want a stiffer? Does it want a weaker spine? Right. Um, was it just the rest? So I probably would have went straight to the arrow. Could I fix it with the arrow? Yes. Okay, awesome. I probably still would have ripped the rest off and put a different rest on and said, let's shoot her arrow that she wants to shoot. Because I think what happens in that scenario is you have a female or any archer that is trying to achieve a a certain outcome and hers was she needed to get to a certain distance. Right. So if I wouldn't be able to change the arrow, could I fix the end result by changing just the rest? Right. You know, so I, I, yeah. Yeah. I would have probably spent another 24 hours on that boat.
0: <laughs> the problem was she was leaving like the next day. So I wouldn't we, have a choice, we but didn't when have she a lot got back, I would have. Oh, we ended up fixing it when she got back.
3: Yeah. Well, and that's so. how you and I are different because I only, I only need one question answered when I does it, fire Is it. Does it hit behind the pin? <laughs> does it hit behind the pin? <laughs> he uh, does that. Cool. Yeah. it. That is cool. Bridger, Bridger,
0: Bridger Deaton. If it hits behind the pin, I don't give a shit if it's doing backflips all the way down there. about
1: all of us because honestly, there's been times that I've had to just listen to Bridger and I'm like, you're right. It's drilling mean, tax. Let's roll. <laughs> I mean, I'm not
3: saying like, I am I mean, I am probably just too lazy to fix it, but like <laughs> at the, at the end of the day for me, that's the most important thing. It because is. if you, if you hit what you're aiming at with the, you know, with the equipment that you're trying to use, you don't know, be that target arrows, 3d arrows or hunting arrows with broadhead screwed on the end of it. If you hit where you're aiming, like that's the whole end goal here. Yeah. So that's usually my gauge of whether something's, gonna work or not mm-hmm. so i mean i could give a shit less about how my bear shafts and shit fly i tell you that all the time it's like well you you ever shoot a bear shaft that you, you ever shoot Darren an arrow Christian that Barry, mat- you ever shoot an arrow that matters without any veins on it exactly i mean unless you yeah. are unless you are down bad going through it <laughs> at a tournament and somebody
1: blew through all the targets blew through Benning, all and your no targets at redding no veins left <laughs> guess what one arrow shoot off, I'm going to win, fool.
3: <laughs> hey, you joke. Uh, the last bear shaft I shot was in Redding that year that we had. Uh, they had a sized dot on the 60-something yard caribou. caribou. Yep. And me and Jesse Clayton said, all right, let's shoot bear shaft one arrow shoot off. <laughs> I had never shot a bear shaft out of this bow. I think it was uh trying to think so of what bow I was I had you never shot a bear it? shaft out of this you bow. You stripped it. Yeah. Yeah, I had like four dozen arrows because I know how, I how bad arrows go there. Yeah. So we both stripped an arrow. And I'd never shot a bear shaft out of this bows, a X Halon X comp. Yeah. Never shot a bear shaft, set it to it. And I mean, hit the fucking scribe. <laughs> never <laughs> shot a bear awesome. shaft. So That's if so your stuff ass. is close and it hits behind the pin, generally, even with a bear shaft or, you know, through paper and stuff, it's usually going to be pretty good.
0: Yeah. That's so awesome, dude. That is so freaking cool.
3: Well, I wanted to go talk about that because I'm I,
0: all being uh, tuning geeks to a degree. There's... I knew where you were going to sit for sure. I'm looking at Blake, but I I also knew where Bridger was going to sit, but could, because that was a, you know, we, I've been dealing with this more and more over the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks and as with walkback tuning and, and I still say to the, at the end of the day, that's the holy grail. It really is. It is, you know, regardless of what your paper reads, regardless of what AeroFlight looks like, if your walkback tune is on, you generally are going to hit you know, unless you're in the vertical plane, you know, Dude, where you're, what you're aiming at.
1: There's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. To me, paper tuning is not the end all. It's a, it's a start. A start point, it yeah. is the beginning. <laughs> Quit believing everything you read through paper is 100% the end result. It, because It gets not. you
3: 90% of the way there and yeah. it helps you avoid four to six hours oh. of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Trying right, dude, to right. bear shaft or group tune and yeah. all that stuff. There's like times you that just...
1: I've had bows react better to walk back tuning. Mm-hmm. There's there, last year I had a bow that I kept trying to bear shaft and bear shaft and bear shaft. And I fought it and fought it and fought it. And finally I said, screw it. Walk back wow. tune this thing. And the funny guys... part is I walked back tuned it and then I came back and at 30 yards, my, Walk back tune, cleaned everything else up. My bear shaft was on, my field points were on, my fletched arrows were so, on.
0: Yeah, so here's the thing, and you guys have all shot a lot of bows in, in the industry, you know, and that's, I think one of the things that, that sets us apart um, is we're able to work on about anything. We've all, we shot them all. I mean, and I know Bridger, you and Blake. Dude, we you really guys have. Yeah, throughout your careers, have you guys not noticed, because I know me especially, there are times where a bow wants a certain tear. That's where mm-hmm. it wants to be. Like you will tune it to have a quarter inch left tear because it's going to perform there. Any
3: a, damn near every Hoyt that I ever shot, I shot it with a quarter inch high right tear. Exactly. That bow, know lo- any any bow like
1: apexes were the same way.
3: Mm-hmm, Apex any of the Apex series cams. So like you know, if you 7 if you tuned either of those two Matthews, bows for a perfect bullet hole, they just didn't shoot.
0: They didn't. Group I mean, as they well. would shoot okay. Yeah,
3: but not but the way they where, needed them to. They would perform the best as far as me shooting higher scores. Yeah, it would never, almost never be a paper tear or a okay. clean well, paper I was, tear. I
1: can tell you from a hunting perspective, my cure was that way.
3: Yeah. You no, know, I remember that.
0: Absolutely it was.
1: <laughs> I had to, as I walked back tuned uh, it uh, um, and I and I was group tuning my broadheads at 80, uh, of course, I went back to see really what did it look like through paper mm-hmm. and it had a touch of a tail left tear. Yeah. And honestly, it was just a touch. Um, but, but the bear shaft hit at 30. The broadheads hit literally from 20 to 120. Mm-hmm. I, for all for all i know that could have just been the amount of facial pressure i had on the string
0: right but the sad point is is that i know guys and i read about this every day and hear guys come in here those guys would go back and try to fix that no they would sacrifice the the accuracy of that bow for a bullet hole for a bullet hole
1: well and, and I that's think the, insanity it's insanity i and mean you just said i went else. through all the steps
4: go ahead Jason. no i was going to say you just you just said something else facial pressure how far back your veins are, and are oh contacting your face. <laughs> you have a big beard. Yeah. Some people are clean shaven, and that might go into it as well.
1: I was surprised. That my doubt. my beard actually does Doesn't not
4: does not affect any issues with yeah. uh, my shot. Uh, Did I rip hairs out of my face all the
2: time?
1: Yeah. Well, my my pat my hand my fist is so big, it actually uh, keeps it away. Keeps, your it, your away keeps, keeps it away from, keeps from it away. my face a little bit. Yeah. I again? T- Yeah, dude. My you guys can't dude, see it. But his,
0: his hands are enormous.
3: <laughs> like, they're like six inches wide <laughs> from that, knuckle that, bro. to knuckle.
1: <laughs> But veins, I will say that veins, veins are a big deal for the, oh, yeah. for the guys okay. that that put the veins in the corner of their lip or touching their their cheek. They're creating headaches. And oh, yeah, dude! So, I, every
3: every guy that comes in says, "Man, I." I just can't get rid of a left hair and it's a right-handed shooter. I'm like, I, I, I don't I even need why. to watch you shoot. I got a damn good idea of what it yeah. is. And almost every time it'll be, Oh man, I can't get rid of the left hair. They draw back in the back of that arrow is sitting on their chin. Yeah. And, yeah, what and they, you want you, it
1: in that little pocket, right? Between your lip well, and your chin. But I've but got if that, this if, big old Jay Leno chin. So my, well, but my, my veins you, are further down the shaft than most yeah, for If reason.
3: if you, if you're a right-handed shooter and your arrow is touching your face, be it the knock, the shaft, or the veins, mm. you will have a left hair. There's 100%. nothing you can do to get rid you know how of we prove It's it the opposite
0: of a left-handed And we shooter. prove it, we'll say, okay, once you draw back now and just take your hand off your face shoot and shoot it, it. it's a bullet And they're like, oh, my
1: gosh. Yeah.
0: You know? And then they freak out because That's now what, they're, how do I fix that? There's well?
1: so many factors that go into this that I think guys try to put tuning their bow into just this little box that this is how it's supposed to be done and do you need to open pandora's box and realize there's many ways to get it done
0: so i'm going to go to the school of george riles here because i love what he says and i believe this and you know and i've said it forever myself the amount of time that guys spend on the internet googling watching youtube videos on hyper tuning their bow they they're trying this they're bear shafting they're they're trying four veins three veins they're trying different focs Mm -hmm. All this work, they're they're clocking their arrows, they're floating their arrows, they're doing all this other stuff to it. If they would shoot mm-hmm. as much as time as they spend doing that, they would be shocked at how good of archery they, they would be. Yep. Because they're trying to tune in points, or they're trying to tune in perfection, when all it does is takes time behind the bow. Yeah. Let me just be honest. Well, yeah. If you maximize your shot, meaning that you are as good of an archer as you're going to be by practicing as much as you can... Then I think you go to the to the toolbox. Well, it makes to it makes
3: it, e- it makes it easier to tune when you 100%. know what you're doing. You're because actually your shot, an arrow your range. shot
1: becomes repetitive. It becomes yeah,
3: you're consistent. not doing something different every time and getting a different, different result. result. Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there's there's times that when I'm tuning, I have to take that in consideration. Like, hey, have you been on the road a lot? Have you been shooting your <laughs> bell a lot? Yeah, have you exactly. been selling, or I'm like, or okay, shooting. well, it, m- maybe this is me. Yeah. And then I'll just, you know, work a little bit, work, work, work on something else. I'll, I'll go a different direction, right? you know, maybe I, I I'm going to shoot my bow for another week because it's a new bow and yeah. I need to learn it a little bit more before I go out there and, and try to get a bear shaft to hit it 30 or
0: 40 yards. You exactly. know what I mean? Because exactly.
1: that time behind the bow is critical.
0: Oh, it's crazy. Critical. Hit the blind bell
4: for a little bit and then go back out.
0: Yep.
1: That's one thing, you know, I will say in my profession as a rep, um, I may not travel as much because I cover 11 different states. But I'm on the phone a lot and I don't have the time to go out there and practice every day like I'd like to. So generally at lunch or when I get off work, I love just going to the garage, grabbing my quiver and I'll shoot 30 to 50 arrows at 10 yards at a bag and just work, you know, shot repetition, Mm -hmm. create muscle memory and efficiency, learn the feel of that bow in my hand my grip pressure feel you know the load of tension in my back as i'm executing that shot and some days i'll do it with the hunting bow and some days i do it with the target bow but, uh, you know, I, I want to become one with my bow. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I know you got to run, Blake, here yep. in a minute. Real quick, though, I want you to talk about something. What's up? Um, you guys got that new release coming out oh, that we got a chance to oh, see. Bro. Now, I know you are in love with it. Oh, absolutely. Dude, I mean, like, he's, like, geeking out about it. Yes. And let's so, talk about that real quick.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about The Verge. Um, for years, Scott has had a release called The Hex. And I've always said it's the best kept secret because no one knew about it. Reason being, you look at it, it's a... It's, it's a, a longhorn
3: with essentially a, trig- a <laughs> yeah, hinge it, trigger it, it's
1: a half it's a hinge that someone cut off a finger on it and it looks like it, it's a two finger hinge mm-hmm. and to most people that looks scary how do i draw it how do i make sure it doesn't fire well that release would work because that moon was held back under tension from the string and as you drew it back the only way to get it to fire was you would have to put your two fingers around it squeeze and pull through maintaining back tension boom and it's going to fire right well we took that concept um uh, of the hex um took a big revision there right we went completely different direction but we kept that concept as right. the foundation so now when you look at this verge um it's a hook style release and you have uh, you know your, your trigger post is two fingers um but the internals is what makes that so different um it, it's a sear based release but it works off of the rotation of a moon with a click without a click and it's it is awesome guys well it
3: it it definitely works better than the hex did because the the issue with the hex and at least the issue i always had with it i liked shooting it i thought Mm -hmm. it was a cool release but because you because there's the two post or the little post for your fingers and then the neck of the release coming up when you tried to rotate that thing you're having to take that tension of that Mm -hmm. oh yeah tension your bow at full draw and you're swinging that the head the head post yeah, exactly out to the right, about. so you got to put a lot. A lot of your, pressure. The, the I mean, I had to have release, it set so hot
1: for yeah, me to get the, the fire the of the right. release, you were fighting it at full. Right. Draw. right.
3: right. So, so now that with new word, yeah, it's just the trigger moving, but you still get the feel yeah. of because it's a moon base sear. Bingo. You the still hinge. get the feel of a hinge release yeah. rotating. Mm-hmm. Well, so
0: what's cool about it for the common guy who has never shot a, a hinge release or a back tension release? The beautiful part well, is, I'm gonna the,
1: back you up because I, I've been saying this a lot. Back tension is not, not a, a release.
0: Yeah, I know. I back know. tension is a is style a, of shooting. That is, and a
1: hinge well, is a release.
0: Back tension is a a tension release, like a stand element or a Carter.
1: I, I would even disagree there. That's a resistance release. Resistance. I, I, agree. Because like, yeah. Yeah, back I agree with tension. that. Yeah. Back
3: tension is how you shoot a particular yeah. release. Well, that's what
0: ever, how you 90% shots of us yes, call them back tension. Common knowledge, a hinge release like, when, Here's the deal. When I tell attention. people a hinge, they look at me like, what are you talking about? But you the, know, we call them a hinge because well, we don't Well, that's
1: on. our fault because we have miseducated the consumer. Agreed.
0: Agreed. So, But with that, but what I'm saying is for the guys who have never shot one, they get, they get nervous because well, they don't want to bust themselves in the teeth this one is impossible because you're running it through a strap this strap draws is a what is just right like tension. yeah draws so you, and
3: fire just like a trigger release right exactly and
1: so, so on this verge f- for me and, and to kind of you know piggyback on what scott's saying um whether you're someone who is interested on learning how to execute a shot correctly with back tension so you can transfer that skill to a thumb button or a hinge this verge is a great starting absolutely point. um if you are someone who suffers with punching the trigger or target panic. The verge is a great tool training tool or release for you to use because it allows you to anchor in, be comfortable to put your fingers around that trigger, get into the release until it clicks. And then, you know, okay, I'm in the spot where it's ready to fire. Right. And, or if the click is something that doesn't work for you, let's take the click out, but still learn to execute the shot correctly. And, you know, for me, um, I love shooting a hinge i love shooting a bun a thumb button um i shoot a scott ascent and a scott apex majority of the time but a couple years ago i got stuck in a situation with a hinge hunting and i swore to myself i would never
3: <laughs> ever I, do I've, it again i can yeah. punch a trigger and hit exactly where i want to hit one time in a row that's why i will always hunt with an x trigger i'm sh-
1: gonna <laughs> admit this guys i got stuck at full draw for way too long and I, y'all don't know this, but I have, I've realized I have an issue in my right hand that when holding a handheld release, when I draw back every now and then, my fingers will flinch. They'll, they'll kind of, that muscle yeah. like gives out. And I, I don't know why, but I was stuck at full draw for like 90 seconds right. to it, two it minutes. It wouldn't have
0: anything to do with the 565 pounds that you deadlift no, and, may, Maybe It's actually 605,
1: and- but you know, who's he's, 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 he's
0: checking? He's freaking <laughs>
1: But that release that, that day in that blind, I rested the cam on my leg, had the release in my backhand, waiting for the animal to turn. And then when I came up to go to full draw, Gone. gonzo, the release went further than the freaking arrow because the arrow went through the hub of the blind and I was pissed. So I was like, All right, I'm never doing this again. And so yeah. I started shooting the hex. And what I like about this verge is that it allows me to execute the shot the same way I do year round. On a very similar feel and style platform of a release, right. but I, it's connected to my wrist. I'm not gonna lose it in the field. And dude, Scott, you saw me shoot that thing. Oh, dude, it is uber So can I, let
0: me ask you a question: If you have to, can you dump it?
1: Yeah, yeah, you I can punch dump it, it just like a. Trigger. So you punch
0: it just like a trigger.
1: If you have to in if that situation, to. I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm gonna squeeze through it. <laughs> right. And you know what else is something cool? And I haven't even mean, showed you this. I can take off those, the, the finger post the yeah, two yeah, fingers, yeah, 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 yeah. I can, because it's on a swivel, I can turn that release around and that same post now, the po- the finger post that's now gone, Yeah, that attachment right there is a little, like a button. No way. I can now anchor in and, and squeeze, squeeze, it, squeeze my thumb in. So like if you're holding the inside of your yeah, thumb yeah, right yeah, here, yeah, just yeah. squeeze it off and I could shoot it as a handheld or a wrist strap button release. Thank okay you. that's
0: pretty dope yeah. We gotta check that out it's, that's cool
1: it's cool it, it's no release in the market does it
0: no no you one know? my only suggestion to blake was if i wish it only had one finger hole instead of two the mm-hmm. two the two finger slots i'd like to have one i and you nothing can, nothing
3: to dremel can't fix <laughs> dude say. we need to do that
0: Cause yeah, Blake, I mean, once again, um, bridge is sponsored by Dremel. Bridge yeah, sponsored yeah, by yeah, Dremel, <laughs> and JB. We need to get one to cut it off and see. Because I think if, if it's for a true index finger guy, yeah. they would absolutely I go think crazy a lot of ga- I
1: think a lot of guys will shoot it with one finger. Yeah. Um, I find that it takes a little bit more travel because correct because the leverage. the leverage
0: the leverage mm-hmm. point yeah without a doubt. But
1: uh, yeah, you know Nathan Brooks shot it with one finger. Um, Nathan Brooks used to cut down his hook or his hex just to one finger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I remember shooting yeah. Casey am with him one year. He was shooting a shot of hex shot probably one of the best 360 five spot rounds yep. I've ever and actually seen shot. nathan
1: was using this release last year uh at a couple of the asa events awesome. so i mean this release is going to transfer uh to to new archers beginning archers archers that may use this to break some habits and train yeah. to guys that want to you know use it in the hunting scenario i mean this is my go-to hunting release um i freaking love it yeah. i'm shooting it well I'm pretty excited about it um, so you guys the Verges are now available um, at your local dealer. Yeah. Um, check them out on the Scott webpage, uh, scottarchery.com. And uh, you so know, definitely you to keep you here. I'm going to keep you
0: here for a little while longer mm-hmm. just real quick because I want you to go because you are the elite outdoor group guy. Yep. Um, I think one of the best things you guys came out with this year is a new Quiver, which you said you haven't had a lot of time to play mm-hmm. with. Um, what's that thing called? The Adapt. The Adapt. Yep. I think it's one of the best Quivers out this year. Um, and I'm going to say price point versus what you get. It's right there. Yeah, 100% um, it is. It's a tight spot type quiver. You can get it in there quick. I love how easy it comes in on and off.
2: It's got the, the, the dovetail mount. You it's have a mount. so
0: easy.
1: You have a, a quiver mount for every quiver bracket. So essentially we have yeah. the brackets for all the cutouts of all the risers. Super adjustable. You got about 18 inches of, of adjustment yeah. uh, to lengthen the quiver or shorten the quiver, depending on how long your arrows are. Yep. Yeah. It is on a dovetail mount that mounts to either your riser or your side or your itself. Side. Yep. It's super light. It has a rope to hang it uh, on a hook while you're in the tree stand, yep. or, or you know, if you have a stand in your pop up right. line, um, it's pretty universal.
0: And the price point is just so good. I think it's what seventy five bucks or something.
1: No, I think this one is one hundred nine. One hundred nine. 109.
0: Still, it's far shy of that two hundred on some of oh, the other. Oh, far clothing. shy. I mean, yeah.
1: that's the one thing um, I love about the companies I work for. We are finding a way to make you know, best of class products. Yeah. So whether you're buying a $350 site or a hundred dollar quiver, right. you are gonna get the best product in that price at point. That price point. And some. Yeah. I mean, you look at our new CB Trek and Trek Pro and you look at that price point that's mm-hmm. under four hundred dollars. You cannot buy a site in the industry today with those features right. for un, for, you know, probably less than about four fifty almost, right. four twenty five. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with the outdoor group, I'm gonna oh guys, it's, we are archers that are, we're building products uh, for archers. You know, you walk into the factory in Rochester, New York, and um, everyone in there, we're all archers. Yep. You know, We have an indoor range that the guys go and practice at at lunch, or they shoot league in the spring, they shoot 3d outside. I mean, we're not just a bunch yeah. of random engineers building products. Um, we are, we are actively building products, you know, for archers and, you know, we talk to our dealers, we talk yeah. to our consumers, you know, we have a lot of conversations and I start conversations that not about what, what do you like about this All release right. guy comes up to me and starts talking about how great our products is. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Let me ask you a question. Can you tell me something you don't like or yeah. something
0: we could do better? So you want to hear that criticism?
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Most,
0: most I mean, yeah, companies you, don't you, want to.
3: If you know what to fix, it makes yeah. it a hell of a lot easier.
1: I want to hear the I want to hear the good, bad, and the ugly. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I don't want to get my butt chewed and to know how much my product sucks all the time. <laughs> right. Some of that is just opinion. Yeah. If someone truly likes the product or maybe there's a reason that they choose not to shoot it, I want to know why. Why, yeah. Because if I know the why, guess what? We can fix it. Right. And that's what we did with uh, you know the Treks and the Trek Pro. Right. I talked to multiple dealers, big and small dealers across the West, what a, what am I missing in a site? And I took notes for about a year, you know, and the engineers were, were asking those same questions and we all circled up together and said, Hey, this is what we need to do. Um, Cause we want to build the best products out there for every hunting scenario and every target scenario right. that an archer can, you know, come across. Yeah. And so yeah that, that's important to us we're passionate about that we're not prideful uh we're archers building product for archers yeah and you know that's so real quick
0: real quick last one I wanted to talk about we just got some in yesterday actually so the new torque stabilizers
1: yep torque micro bars those things are bad A, eh? they're awesome oh yeah it's a high modulus carbon um it is a platform that was designed off of our target series of our torque spiders uh, great price point.
0: That's the big thing. Yeah. Micro diameter bar is at a crazy good price.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you can get a full kit for like two twenty nine. Yeah. Front bar, back bar, with a mount, quick disconnect. Yeah. Um, great bar. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things is, is you know, our competitor, um, you know, I'm gonna say it, the the top two other competitors out there are Beastinger and Conquest, and they make yeah. great products. Yeah. But it's I've been very successful with this bar. I really haven't had to sell it. Um, yeah. I'll take the bar and say, hey what are you shooting? Oh, I'm shooting a beast stinger, or I'm shooting this a conquest or I'm shooting a shrewd, whatever bar. I'm going to say, okay, do me a favor. Just put this eight inch bar, 10 inch bar, put it on your bow. Go tell me what you think. And the most consistent comment I received back is like, wow, that actually takes out a lot of vibration. I'm like, awesome. I'm I'm glad you feel that way because I think the same. And, and, you know, there's times that guys may think otherwise and so be it. That's their opinion. And right. We move on. Right. Um, But that bow actually, that actually, that bow, sorry, that stabilizer will actually reduce the feedback in the bow. Um, I think it is the quality of the carbon that we're using. Yeah. Um, I think it is our dampener that we make specifically for our our stabilizers. Yeah. Um, It's just a great bar for the price too. Yeah. That's what I'm
0: saying. You guys, there's one thing about the Outdoor Group and Elite, um, good quality products. Definitely, sig- not significant, but cheaper on the lower end of price point for sure. And I'll tell you the other thing. We were just talking about this. We're going to wrap it up here in a second because he's giving me the evil eye. Um, I've kept him well over his time frame already. Oh, are um, good, man. No, but one thing that Bridger, I think you were just mentioning it to somebody yesterday that you know, we were talking to a guy who's thinking about opening the shop. Um, your guys' lead times are killing it compared to everybody else in the industry right now. I mean, but yeah, I can order a boat and decent. get it in a month, Man, as opposed to
1: six my, months. I've yeah. got, I've got a team, bro. I got a team of warriors. We, you know, we we are striving to be the best company that we can be. Yeah, and, and we're staying in our lane, and we're focused on what we can do. And you know, you know, my CEO, my COO, Anthony Steele, and Josh Sidebottom, um, down to Tommy Gomez uh, on the operation floor. You know. That my team, my leadership team is phenomenal. They have our company dialed in on supply chain on our operations and build plans. Um, I mean, it rolls deep all the way down to a lane in shipping. I mean, I have a team and I know that I can't do this by myself. Blake isn't the one delivering this product. I'm just servicing my dealers, but I have a team in New York that is just as, um, know just just as involved as i am and you know we all have a fire underneath us we know how important each one of our jobs are to supply product for the dealer Mm -hmm. and for the consumer and we're prideful about that yeah um small shop big shop mom and pop shop it doesn't matter we want to get you products we want to get them on your wall we we know you need those products for your consumers to come in and shop and it, it also comes down to the consumer. There's a lot of consumers that have been waiting 16, 18 weeks for a site.
0: Bro, tw- I can name two manufacturers. Not uh, going to, but yeah, Lord uh, Almighty, you know, 20 some weeks.
1: Yeah. So how many guys are missing their hunts? How many guys are you know not able to practice because of that? Well, yeah. you know, we're trying to do the opposite. And you know, there 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 could be a time that we stumble and maybe we slow down a little bit. Um, but we're doing a good job. I mean, yeah. here I, I have bows that at at a lengthy lead time for me on a bow right now is at most six to eight weeks. Yeah. And I cringe on that. Yeah. But that may only be one or two skews. Most of my bows are, you know, four to six week max. Right. And I'm still not happy with that. And yeah. guess what? Neither, That's better
0: than anybody else Exactly.
1: Right now. And I, I'm okay with that, but we, we want to strive to be better. I, yeah. we're, we will get to a point
0: where bows are going to be 10 days. Right. Um, so all right. Lastly, yep. real quick, because I know you are got to go. Um, you guys started a new venture called yeah. Clutch Outdoors. Yep. Um, trying to so one thing I love about what Elite's doing, and I, and I know you are a big driving force behind this, is that you guys are looking at this. You know, everybody and their grandmother is building bows around the Midwestern white tail Hunter. Bleep, agreed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what Matthews hangs their hat on. There's no doubt about right, it. It's ninety percent of your hunters it is in 90% the U.S. Hunters, yeah. And I think Blake and I, you've not talked about this for years now that, you know, the one thing is that we always take these Midwestern whitetail bows and turn them into elk bows. Mm-hmm. And you've been elk hunting now. Mm-hmm. You see, there is a difference. Uh-huh. Big difference. I mean, there's they're not the same animal. Nope. Not the same, you know, format. So you guys are making a really push into this to, to, to give uh, the consumer, the Western mountain hunter, mm-hmm. um, products that are going to work in that field because it's night and day. You're not well, sitting I- in a tree stand or a blind. You're. Your absolutely
1: movement. and here's what i'm going to say to that because i have also a little bit of a different perspective now about the midwest guy and and the western hunter right again i'm done separating them because what i am realizing is yes what works for the western hunter will also work for the guy in the east 100 and bridger you said it there's a majority of the hunters in the midwest and in the east but guess what those guys are still hunting out west
2: yep yeah and those the-
1: guys experience some of the same scenarios That the western hunter does western hunter has a 22 degree uphill shot in a mule deer well guess what that guy out east in virginia is up in a tree 25 foot
3: he's 30 feet up in a tree stand (laughs) shooting 30 yards (laughs) you know 45 degree downhill. yeah
1: i'm done uh separating the two because archers are archers and so like scott said you know we're building products for archers and we're taking a different approach um, but Clutch, the approach there is, you know, whether you are living in the West or hunting in the West, you're living in the Midwest or the Northeast, you probably have planned or so have, you know, northeast. aspirations to go on a mule deer, antelope, or elk hunt, right. and so Clutch Outdoors allows us to, you know, touch even more consumers because Clutch Outdoors may not even be for the archer. Um, right. It could be for the guy that's it could be for a camping guy. He's going. He's taking Hiker. his family to Yellowstone National Park. You right. know, he's going hiking. He's a rock climber. Um, there's a mix of products with Clutch Outdoors from you know survival hammers to emergency tents to hammocks uh, to lighters. Lighters. The lighters legit. The lighters legit. <laughs> solar chargers for your phone yeah. to camping pots and pans to a telescopic p- a fishing pole, all at a great price. Yeah. Um, great quality products. Um, we used them on our elk hunt. I yep. mean, look, we yep. we caught a handful of trout one day. Yeah, exactly.
0: um, we, On we, the rod. Yeah, you <laughs> know, it's, good.
1: We used the pots every night at camp. Yeah. Took naps in the hammock up on the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had their survival and tools. Once again,
0: your big thing there is trying to keep that somewhat at a good price point because let's be honest, that outdoor mountain type gear
1: it's not cheap. Is Dude, you lor- can spend a
0: buttload, buttload
1: of money on that. Yeah. I, always, I
0: always find it funny that the more material they take out of it to make it lighter the more it expensive costs more money. Yeah, it costs more and the money cheaper it gets sometimes well, the, it, it's, getting cheaper for the, it's getting cheaper for the manufacturer yeah but it's getting more expensive to the consumer no, because correct because we're all ounce counters if we're a backcountry hunter well, and
1: you know i will say leading edge um kind of give you all a shout out here what, what y'all do great is you know for those guys that are going on those trips whether it is just camping and backpacking mm-hmm. or actually hunting um, they can come to this shop right here and say, Hey, what do I need? Yeah. And Scott, you can go to computer, print out a list. Yeah. And I can tell you 85, 90% of the stuff they're going to need is on that list. They, they, yeah. well, they can buy from Clutch Outdoors. Well, you can buy
0: from Clutch now. Yeah, yeah exactly. And,
1: you know, y'all are stocking Clutch. Um, it's, it's going well. It's something that, um, you know, more dealers will begin to shop or stock. And uh, I think more consumers will start to use on their
0: homes. Yeah. We just wanted to make sure, and as you guys understand, the, the listeners that look at the outdoor group, look at that Clutch Outdoor um, product offering, because it's going to be stuff that you're going to need in the field. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're supporting the archery world and archery community, let's be honest, I'd, and I don't want to knock on this company, but, you know, most guys are going out and buying that from REI right now. Yeah. And let's be honest, REI does not support the hunter. No. In, in no. any way, shape, or form. Nope. So I'd rather spend my money with a company that's supporting hunting and yeah, well, archery. We appreciate that. And, yeah. you know, so okay cool well listen man i know you are 23 minutes over your time he said i gotta be out of here by 10 o'clock no nope. <laughs> uh, matter of fact you've been writing on notes and we've kept him a <laughs> hell of a lot longer but dude we appreciate you no dude i appreciate appreciate we it. gotta do this more Absolutely. probably in the future not even about elite no just about I'm archery just sit here and talk shit because this guy can talk shit yeah. you know
4: honestly what i what i'd love to do is let's let's do some fitness stuff yeah but for those
0: good. of you who don't know and you don't see him because we didn't video this today blake is a giant he's a monster oh, what uh you're in crossfit heavily yeah,
1: last year what are you uh, ranked right
0: now in the middle age group
1: um i don't know you're I gonna mean,
0: be a senior pretty soon but. i am a
1: senior i'm 35. Oh, uh, right now oh, we're well. in the middle of the Ope, crossfit open um uh, i think that was last week a uh, top 300 but you know we just got to make th- through the top 10 percent to get to quarterfinals yeah. so i'm training through the open really focused on quarterfinals to peak at the right time uh last year was a heartbreaker. I trained very hard. Oh, I was I probably
0: fit as, as fit I as I you've been. ever been. I remember this.
1: And I uh, tore my hamstring right before the qualifiers. Wait, okay,
0: but let's talk about this real quick. I want I want to tell this story. How he tore his hamstring was because of his Stup- ego, his, his stupidity.
1: Stupidity.
0: Literally a week before the event and he decides to get into a sprint race with another colleague to see who's faster
1: colleague it was uh, long story short i'm an aau track coach and (laughs) they had a coach's race and i swore i wasn't going to do it and he did it and I said, I'd only do it if I had an hour to warm up and I warmed up for an hour and I still pulled my hands. You well, actually I didn't pull it, bro. I know, t- I you tore, tore it. it. Yeah, it was you black tore and blue. It. Yeah, exactly. Finished 42nd in the world last year in the submaster division and wow. uh, making another run at it this year. We'll see how it goes. Yeah.
0: So anyways, yeah, we do got to do a fitness thing with Blake because he's, he's, uh, he's fit. Do a, do a
3: beard growing one too. My biggest question with the beard thing is how you convince Kelly to let you grow a beard because I'm, a tenth of the length of your beard right now and Courtney's. You're a tenth like. of
1: the length in a lot of things, Bridger. Yeah, yeah there you go. There you go. <laughs> maybe that's how I got her
0: convinced to let me maybe, grow my beard. <laughs> maybe. All right, folks. We thank you. Uh catch us on the next one.